Hello, this is Lisa LaRose on Connect to Love here on PRNFM, and I'm so excited because uh, my co-host, Michael J. Russ, is always such an inspiration, and, and he had, we were talking before the show and, and about what it was that we wanted to speak about today, and of course, we wanted to continue on the train of love, the love train. And uh, there was a quote that I posted. It was by Daniel Pinchak, and and it's very simple, and it's so true. It says, the universe only pretends to be made of matter. Secretly, it is made of love. And what's so interesting, I think humanity has kind of gotten a little bit away from that. If you look back to the 13th century poet Rumi, he said that the universe is not outside of you. If you look inside yourself, Everything you want, you already are. And so I would assert that uh, we are love. And for some reason, um, we have gotten a little bit away from that. But I think uh, around the world, people are becoming more aware about the power of love and really tuning into it. You know, love is really amazing. It requires no special talent, no skill, no knowledge. It's held within us. It's something that we is have access to is ever-present. We just have to invoke the gift. So uh, before we get into this, I'd love to welcome my co-host, Michael J. Russ. Uh, what a loving being you, you. are, and uh, I feel your heart. Thank you. Ditto, ditto to you as well. We, you know, we, it, takes, it takes two to tango in this world, uh, and I, I, I feel like every time we get together, we have this loving dance of, of conversation. Um, and I love Rumi. I love the, the, the man was so incredibly uh, gifted and spot on in his uh, his uh, readings of love and human nature and it's it's so easy to to read to read or listen to him and, and listen to something that, that he said and just you sit there and you could the rest of the day you could sit with a, uh, a cup of tea and just just have your mind continue to expand and uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. The there's a word that came up this week in some of the uh, readings and listenings that I've had on YouTube called curiosity. Curiosity. Mm-hmm. And one of the, it, it it's a word that I that I think gets lost in the mix, um, especially when you grow up. You know, you may have, you're born incredibly curious about everything. And then, unfortunately, when you go to school, your curiosity is, is kind of like beat out of you mentally, um, where you have to conform and, and you, you can't be curious because curious means that, that lessons won't get learned, time frames won't be adhered to, and testing will not occur in, in its proper order, right? And mm-hmm. so, but, but curiosity is, is, such an, an, an essential aspect. And when you think about, when you combine love and curiosity, you've got a very interesting mix. Love and curiosity. Curiosity and love. Um, it was with, with, with anxiety or being in a depressed state or being in a state of discord, um, the be being in a in a situation, being involved in drama in life, you know the stuff that life kind of brings your way, right? The the things that you attract to you that may not always be pleasant. Um, the the thing I learned this week that I have been adhering to um, every day, whenever you have a thought, a negative thought or you're in a situation, you might get a phone call, this or that, somebody's upset. And this is really applicable to the, the, the everyday person out there working in the world. Not every moment will be pleasant. However, what you can choose to do is love on something in that moment. Look around, find something beautiful, and focus on it. Derail the thoughts that are, um, that are supporting the the drama, the memory of drama, the uh, essence of that drama, the the time wasting of that of that drama. It's really interesting. You, if you if you work at a at, at an office and you can put something beautiful in your in your cubicle or on your desk or in your office, whatever wherever you are, 
something beautiful that you can look at, a flower or a picture, something that you love, something you can love on when things happen. Um, I'm talking about everyday reality, being practical and pragmatic when it comes to, to love. Just focusing on something that you really care about, something that you love, momentarily will derail those other thoughts and lessen their hold on you. You know, and dragging them into the next moment occurs less when you focus, when you shift your focus, you pivot to something that you love, you look at something. Uh, for me, I love looking out on the golf course. I'll look out on it, and I've got tons of things in my office to, to, to look at, um, art and other things that I've curated that I can look at, and I, and I love that art because I know uh, where it came from, and I loved the experience I had when I bought it, blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. And I encourage our listeners to, to kind of take that to heart. And we, we must literally, focusing on love on a daily basis is something that we have to, that I've come to understand, that we, we, we need to do um, with greater fervor, <laughs> okay? We've really got to mm-hmm. step it up, step up our game of, of loving on things, um, ourself. Um, having loving experiences um, when you're getting together with family instead of being focused on the anxiety of putting together a meal or is everything right for people when they come over and stressing out about whether you've got all the ingredients and all. Focus on the experience itself, the journey and the experience that you have when everybody walks in the door, big hugs, tell them you love them, glad to see them. Enjoy the experience and the connection that comes from the fellowship, so to speak. And I find myself of late when this when it happens because we entertain a lot. We invite people over because we love having people in the house. I love cooking. I love grilling. Uh, I love having people sit down and just share cool things together. Where are we going? What, where we've been? Tell me about your experience of this or that. That is so much fun. And that's that's how I kind of love on people in, in, in that way. Uh, and not everybody does that. And not everybody is, I guess, into that. However, um, it's, it's an essence. It's, it's gonna say, it's, let's just say it's essential to life, that we, to our well-being, that we kick it up a notch when it comes to love. And I know on the, during the show we're going to give some other ways that, that people can do that too. And I'd like to ask you, because this is interesting, um, you, we live kind of different lives. You've got um, from a perspective of uh, what we do on a daily basis. And like most people, we're all doing something different. Uh, how in the world do you um, involve, kind of envelop love into your morning, noon, and night? Going to give our audience kind of like that idea, I, really, because I know you you've got I'm you've got loving, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to know how. Tell our audience, please. Well, you know, I I get up in the morning, and uh, a lot of people reach for their phone. I I usually reach for a dog, um, or or two or three, um, <laughs> and you know, I I kind of you know you you know everybody has their little pecking order, and sometimes my days or nights are a little unconventional because I have um, quite a few animals that I care for, including outdoor animals that uh, are in need and sort of show up at my door every now and then for a bite to eat. But, um, you know, so they're they're my first, as as soon as I even move my blanket, they start barking. And it just, there's, (laughs) it's not a quiet morning. So, you know, sometimes I can (laughs) I can sneak, but you know I've got two little eagle ears, and and they welcome my day. They welcome my day, and then we kind of you know do the the normal dog stuff and and let them out. And so yesterday uh, in the evening, I, I ended up taking uh, nine of them for a walk. With that, that to me is <laughs> quiet. I leave my phone at home, and we walk. And uh, sometimes I'll take my phone with me, but. Um, most of the time, you know, everybody has their own little routine and, and things like that. But for me, animals are, are a big part of, of what how I express my love. And I think that instead of in the, you know, we all wake up in the morning, we have our, our daily routine. You know, you get up and brush your teeth and 
have your breakfast and, and whatnot and, and you try to set your day so that you can minimize your stresses or challenges and you sort of pay attention to that inner voice. But when you got this little, you know, six pound chihuahua just barking for attention to be picked up and, and kissed up and loved, you know, <laughs> it's a great way to start the day. It really mm-hmm. is. It's it's uh, very gotcha. soul healing. You know, and, and I, I, you know, ever since I was young, I've been rescuing, rescuing somebody um, and finding homes for them and some of them stay and some of them, you know, move on and some of them go back to the wild. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, that I enjoy doing. But, you know, I, I really have to say, Michael, and I love the word curiosity because I was always very curious. I was always very curious about things, nature, um, animals, people. And like you, I think that you notice things and that you watch. And that's part of what your curiosity is. And I think part of that, too, is because of your big heart. So you notice if there's somebody in the room that isn't feeling comfortable. And you will mm-hmm. extend a kind word to them. Or you may notice that somebody needs help doing something, um, you know, whether it be with their groceries or walking, uh, you know, they drop something, whatever. I mean, those are all simple kindnesses. They're all simple acts of love. I don't think that, you know, if you decide, and, and I love the word beacon. I saw somewhere uh, about being a beacon for love, and I thought, wow, what is you know really what that what is that? It's like being a guiding light. And so, how do you shine that light with other people, and how do you transfer that? And I think sometimes um, I had a a good friend, a very good friend, a very dear friend of mine who lost her brother, and uh, I went to the service, um, and it was you know I'm I'm kind of a I'm not a, a emotional person uh when it comes to everyday things you know most of the time I don't cry at funerals I cry at weddings <laughs> but there was mm-hmm. it the family the her brother was special needs and uh he had been in a wheelchair his life his whole life and they had such it, it was just such an amazing service because there were caregivers who had cared for him and loved him mm-hmm. and friends of his that came and the family and they showed a video at the end. He had a, a really big love of baseball and, and they showed a video from when he turned sixty and all of the things that the family had done, not just the immediate family, but the extended family as well, uh, to really express their love for him and really see him as um extra special, you know, that there were so many things that he offered and so much joy. And it it just touched my heart so deeply. I can't even tell you. And I would say that he would be a beacon a beacon for love. And when I yeah. when I was walking into the into the uh, funeral home it was interesting and uh, the the my friend's boyfriend was there and he his grand son or great yeah grandson was there and and I I hadn't met him he's only seven months old and I looked at him and I'm looking at him and he's looking around and, and I know that he's seeing angels whatever everything that's all around and I said mm-hmm. to him I said look at you I'd never met him before I said you see you see everything don't you I said you can't fool me I know everything you see and he just burst out laughing and smiling and <laughs> Michael is or uh, partner name is Michael he, he said to me he's like he doesn't smile for anybody he doesn't like strangers and I said well that's because I see him and I think that's mm-hmm. really where that comes in I mean when you run into people and, and I'd love to hear your comment about this because I know you see people Michael I know that when you see them your heart extends to them and and I, I don't know. I mean, do you find that that was something that you did naturally, even when you were a young child, and you carried that through every part of your life? I cannot. Um, I cannot tell you exactly when I started to do that. Um, I do know that it was just something over time that just developed. I have this this way of being able to walk into a room 
any room, wherever I am, whatever the event is or place, I can walk into a restaurant, a crowded restaurant, and I just look around and I see uh, something different than what most people would see. What I focus on is expressions, energy, looks, Mm -hmm. you know, body language. Um, And uh, I can look at a, a, a table of a couple and uh, I can kind of sense, um, you know, where they are. And it was interesting. I have, a, I have a favorite restaurant I'm going to next Tuesday. Um, I go at least every couple of weeks. We go every couple of weeks. And I was in there one time with both my it – was, it was last year when my mother was here um, in 2022. And I was sitting – we were sitting next to uh, a couple – and she had this really beautiful outfit on, beautiful blue uh, top. And I just kind of kept looking at it. And, and she had this really strange look about her. Um, I guess it was, the energy was, was interesting with her and her husband. And when we got up to leave, uh, I had helped my mother up and we were, you know, moving out. She had a walker got that together and we were we just, just before we left I turned around to her and I said that is an absolutely gorgeous blouse that you're wearing and her face lit up like sunshine Aww. and it's as if it was as if I, I could sense that she wanted to be acknowledged and noticed mm-hmm. not because of some ego thing but because she needed to have somebody just acknowledge her presence and her existence. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be paraphrasing what she said to me, but it was something along the lines of, oh my gosh, it's been so long since somebody like said something like that to me. And I said, well, you deserve it, you know? And uh, I, I didn't introduce myself. It's not about, who I am, who she is, and all that right. factual stuff. It's about, it's about extending um, a, a hand of love, so to speak, uh, acknowledgement uh, through love, and, and helping them understand that they, they are important. They are important, mm-hmm. and all they have to do, and it's up to them to start believing that they're important. Um, so, much, so much of our society is unfortunately uh, focused on uh, outer love, right? finding love from someone else. It's a billion-dollar industry now, finding love. Um, and I, I think the billion-dollar industry ought to be finding your love within. Absolutely. Because once, once that occurs, then you unlock, as, as, as it was, it was uh, Carol Collins that said this to me just this morning in a recording that she gave me, when you love, love is the key that unlocks the door to everything. It's love of self and love of your, the guide that's with you for your entire life. Once you develop that loving connection, everything is possible. It's really the most interesting thing. Everything becomes possible. A lot of time, energy, effort, and attention is spent on the things that don't matter. And decades ago, I used to just express to people that wasting time on things that doesn't matter uh, is, is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you where you want to go because it's like spinning your wheels. Getting involved in trivial stuff, the stuff that isn't going to matter in you know, 10 minutes from now, let alone 24 hours from now, that kind of attention uh, it de- derails you from feeling happy, joyous, you know, uh, joyful, loving. It, it's when you start, when you, when you pivot around, you, you put on these glasses and start looking at the world through the eyes of love for yourself, love for other beings, love for inanimate objects, doesn't really matter. You can love anything, Right. It's the feeling you get from loving on it that counts. The feeling, it all comes back to you. It's how you feel. 
about that thing. I love, I've told you this before, I love convertibles. I love them. I think I told a story last week mm-hmm. about driving down the road and being comfortable, and I just, I, I just love driving my convertible with the top down. All I don't care if it's 100 degrees outside. I'll just turn the air conditioner on and <laughs> have the air conditioner blowing on me with the <laughs> top awesome. down. It's, it actually works. It, it, believe it or not, it works. Um, you just angle things down, and you get, you get this cold air circulating around in the cabin where the hot air is blowing over you. Um, however, the feeling I get of, of the loving feeling I get for myself, it was a gift to myself. And it's a 20, what is it? It's, it's, it's a 21-year-old vehicle um, that I lovingly cherish and take care of. And I, the feeling I get when I get into it and I, and I drive is the feeling of love that I feel for myself and for my life. And it, mm-hmm. and it boils down to just two things, love for yourself and love for your life. If you're not loving your life and what's in it, it's a sign you need to make a change. You need to yeah. change something. Figure out what's not, what, you, what, what you're not loving and what you're loving and love more of what you're loving instead of mm-hmm. and don't focus on the other stuff or just get rid of it altogether. It doesn't right. make any sense. Life is too short for not feeling the greatest emotion since life bred. Come on. This is it's right. amazing. Um, if we, I, I have this, you, you come from love and you, you seek it your entire life and then you return to it. Right. That's what I like to say. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's funny because a lot of people will say to me, wow, that, you know, I have one dog and that's a lot of work. You have a lot of work mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't ever look at it like that. I love yeah, that's the problem. my animals. I, I love providing I a safe space. I love seeing them bloom. I mean, the one little beagle I, I he's like a beagle terrier that i adopted from <laughs> west virginia who came uh, his nice snoop dog you know he little snoopy he <laughs> had a really rocky start and so when he came to me the literally the person brought him they were going to surrender him and then they kind of oh no we're going to keep him and then literally they called and they said we're on our way and we have to get right back they literally didn't even stop they dropped off his kid in a crate and took off. And it was so interesting because he didn't know how to play. And and it was like, you know, trying to, I suspect he spent a lot of time in a crate. So, you know, getting him acclimated to the thing. And the first game, and it sounds so funny, I actually should videotape it. Like when I go into the bathroom, he likes to follow me in the bathroom. And, And it's, part of his ritual. So I thought, well, what am I going to do with this silly little dog who doesn't want to know how to play? And one day I took a tissue because I was blowing my nose and he was watching me very intently. And I said, you want to blow your nose? And I went, and made, you know, pretended I was blowing his nose. He lit up like you wouldn't even imagine. And so that's our game. And that was the starting point for how I taught him to play. And now he's starting to play with toys and and but you know what it gives it fills my heart with so much joy it's like you're convertible you know you know the the air is hot and i have to pick up puppy pads sometimes you know it's Uh i don't care i don't it's something that um you know goes beyond anything that you can even sort of describe it it's just it's a feeling it's that personal love and and it's that unconditional love Mm -hmm. i think it's really mm-hmm. sacred and as you start to find those things and and it, it could be somebody who just has a love of books and they love you know it's nurturing to their soul to bury their mm-hmm. nose in a book and they can't wait to get to the end and, and start the new one um you exactly. know it, it, whatever it is that it is you know some people i've seen a lot of i i really enjoy social media because Right now, a lot of people are posting things about these weeds and these plants. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I really love it, and I really appreciate their joy and their enthusiasm. I saw this one woman, mm-hmm. and she's just amazing. She rescues bees. She has a love of bees, and she can Whoa. literally reach in with her hand. And I'll actually I'll post one of the videos on our Instagram because she, she just reaches into the swarm, and she gathers them up, and she relocates them into a safe hive 
and she'll just and then she explains like you know they she had they have to get to accept the queen because this one particular colony didn't have a queen and they accepted mm-hmm. her and then once they accepted her all the other bees fell and came in and i thought oh my gosh how how you get to that point but it's because of her energy it's her vibration right. it's who she is exactly and and i yeah. think that when you make um you know love is a choice so whatever it is that you want to love it, it do it wholeheartedly um you know it begins as you said with loving yourself and when you love yourself then you share it with everyone and everything around you and and it's I, and i think that that encourages love as well i mean we all That's have true. amazing gifts and it's just tuning into them now in, in her case i mean who would ever thought you know i don't think you know as a child you think yeah i'm gonna grow up and i'm gonna become the bee whisperer she doesn't call herself that i don't know exactly what she calls herself but it, it's amazing you know it's her way of being of service of um really that's how she consciously uses love and and i think that that's mm-hmm, yeah for you know yeah, no, for is. each I, one I, of us I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you piggyback on on you getting up in the morning and having a you know dog. Um, we used to have dogs. Unfortunately, they passed on, passed over. Um, but I've experienced exactly what you, what you've experienced with with your dogs. I know two things. First, I wake up with a cat lying next to me. So mm-hmm. these days, um, who who comes onto the bed at least four times in the evening at night. Sometimes, because cats play at night, they sleep all day and they play all night, <laughs> which is which is like totally opposite of human beings, right? So, several times during the night, she'll jump up on the bed and walk up right next to me, and she'll meow like, "Hey, you up? Can you give me a little love for a second? And sometimes I'm I'm just rolling over and I'll take my hand and just kind of give her a little, uh, you know, head head massage. Uh, and she'll lie down, and I'll just lay my hand on top of her body, and she'll stay there for a few minutes. And sometimes she'll just get up and just jump off. That's all she needed. Other times, I wake up the last couple of nights, and she's splayed out right along my side, feet practically hanging over the side of the bed. And I wake up like that. I'm I'm cognizant that when I wake up, she's somewhere on the bed, either left of me, right of me, down at the, the foot, somewhere, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting the the habits this is a this is a rescue by the way she's seven years now with us and we rescued her when she was oh, two wonderful Aww. yeah and the interesting thing about rescues is is exactly what what you experienced that you don't know what they've been through you're guessing mm-hmm. and when I, I my when I rescued my Aussie um, 18 19 years ago I uh, she was she was three years old and had evidently been an outside dog because everything inside was unfamiliar didn't know how to climb stairs didn't know how to play didn't know how to do anything um, and it was our corgi that taught her all that the corgi taught her how to climb stairs the corgi taught her how to play and how to chase a ball because she we'd go out the corgi would we'd throw the ball to the corgi and then she'd watch and then uh, within a couple of days, she wanted to go do it, and then so we did it with her, and we did it with both of them. Um, something you can do when you have barn property and lots of room to mm-hmm. uh, in a pasture or in a, in a grassy area uh, field to to just simply run. Um, however, you know it's animals are just one thing we can we can love on. There's a lot of people uh, who uh, you don't have to have a, a, a live being of some kind, a furry being. Uh, in your uh, in your presence in the morning uh, you can wake up and uh, embrace the day go out on your patio or deck or take a walk um, I have my routine has completely changed in the last two months now all I'm doing I'm getting up and uh, while my mind is still soft before I introduce it to anything uh, that happens to be uh, in the outer world so to speak I meditate for about 12 minutes mm-hmm. and uh, while my mind is still quiet relatively quiet I've got to fidget around for 10 minutes or so feed the cat clean the cat box and you know do little things like that uh, and then I'll sit down before I 
no outside influences or expose my mind to outside influences uh, by way of, uh, of television or uh, talking to other people, whatever. And it's so much, it's so gratifying to get that, that 12 minutes of, of time, of quiet mind time, first thing in the morning, sort of establish my connection uh, with my guide and just hang. Uh, and and it's it's my self love time, and That's I've come beautiful. to now after yeah do, doing it for, for 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 at least a month it's expanded, which I I really love. Um, and when I'm just sitting in my office, I just watch people go by who are playing the game of golf. Playing golf, they come down a hole. We've got a uh, a hole sitting right out here, and they come down the fairway, and I get to I just watch them and live vicariously through them for a couple moments and remember how much I enjoy and love the game and then I will play in a couple of days. Um, and to our audience, I can simply say this. Well, when I was talking about loving on something, um, it's good to establish that intention first thing in the morning mm-hmm. as soon as you get up. Um, so, much, so much of our time is spent on, uh, I could say, the drudgery of life because that's just a perception. Um, However, we do perceive that we have chores to do before we go off to work, right? And instead of seeing them as chores, see them as opportunities for loving what you do. You know, we, you know, you have to pick up after your dogs. I have to pick up after my boot box. There's accidents. There's all kinds of things that occur. Uh, and um, instead of focusing on it as a, seeing it as a negative thing, um, seeing it as one of those loving expressions from the animal that you have, whatever's going on with them, seeing them in a, in a, encapsulating it as part of your love for that being is another way of looking at it. Cleaning the house, I do mm-hmm. the same thing. I love cleaning the house. I love, I don't see it as drudgery. So, oh, I have to do this. Oh, gosh, I need to do that. No, it's like, let's settle into this and have fun, have joy doing it. Have mm-hmm. a joyful time because when you get done, you're going to see how beautiful it looks, and you can revel in it. And um, it, it's it, it's like everything. I, there was a there was a, somebody on the there was the Stanford study at some study at some time that said some high percentage over seventy percent of people didn't like what they did when they for work for their vocation, and which is a crime in when it comes to love. It's like that's the least loving thing you can do is something that is go to work to earn a living doing something most of which you don't like. And um, because somebody told them that money is, uh, is the reason you go do things. Well, money's awesome. I love it. I love the heck out of it. And as I told you before the show, I'll kind of weave this in there. Um, when, you, when you love money, you get more of it. When you like it or don't like it so much, you don't, you don't get much of it. It's important to – it's just a resource. It's just energy. Just right. energy. And you, love, you love energy. You, you, when, you're, when you have loving energy, you get more love. When you love money, you get more money. And um, it, it, anybody who doesn't have enough at the end of their month, turn around instead of saying – I don't have enough. I can't afford it. Change the language around money. Change the language. Um, I've got plenty of it. I have the, as you said so wonderfully uh, a few weeks ago, I have the perfect amount of money. I have the perfect amount of love in my life. You say those things instead of the other things because words um, and thoughts are things. Words become mm-hmm. things. The thought that created what you said Thoughts that created the words, they create things. Everything is tied together. Law of attraction is incredibly sensitive, so nuanced. And it's not about you can just simply say, uh, I don't have enough money, and then turn around, I mean, 90% of the time, and then 10% of the time say, I've got the perfect amount of money. Well, the 90% is going to squash out the 10%. We have to flip that percentage. And every time you find yourself saying, I don't have enough, or I can't do that, not that you can't. I told somebody the other day, state it as a preference. I love money, and I prefer to do something else with it. 
Instead of saying, I don't have enough, I want to, yeah, I prefer. That is a preference. And uh, because saying need, should, uh, those two words, as I mentioned, uh, I think a couple of shows ago, allude to the fact that, that something outside of you is forcing you to do something. And that that's, reflects a lack of control. You want to be in control of what your thinking is, control of your life, control of who you direct, direct love to, whether you have love, and who you give it to. You don't say, I need to give them some love. No, you say, you just express it in one way or another. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I told you I would tell you the story of uh, an Instagram post that I saw uh, just yesterday. It was actually a video. And it was of um, simultaneous three acts of kindness to the same person on the subway in New York City. So I'm going to tell you this is interesting. It was cold outside and not like winter, but cool outside. And there was a homeless man who was on the train. He had a, he had a, uh, uh, a, a tank top T-shirt on. And he was older. I mean, he was probably 70, 65 to 70 years old. 60, heck, that, wait a minute. I turned 65 next week. That's not older. That's <laughs> not. <laughs> wow. My, okay. My I just caught myself there. My great aunt's 101, and she, is, and she will tell you she's <laughs> Let's not just old, say so. he was an older. You're he a was, he was in the last. <laughs> He was in the last 23rd of his life, okay? Let's put it that way, latter life, okay? Um, so he was, he was sitting on the subway, and he had his head down, body language of somebody who um, was thinking of themselves not in a good way. And there was a, a young man, a young Hispanic man, who um, saw him and who was, who was standing up, walked over to him, uh, and in front of him, took off his jacket, then took off his shirt, his button-up shirt. And he helped the man. He gave it to the man. He actually put it around the man and said, here, you could, there was no sound. You could just simply say, you could hear him sort of like mouthing something. And he, the man put his arm in one sleeve, and then he brought it around and helped him get into it on the other sleeve and brought it around, and he buttoned it for him, buttoned it for him, okay, down. And then he turned oh. around and took the jacket and put that on him. It was a nice red jacket. It was, it was, it was very nice. He put that around him and have him put, have put his arms through the sleeves of the jacket, right? And he had a mm-hmm. tank top T-shirt on as well. And he just, at that particular point, he walked away. Then there was a, a, a black woman who was standing up, holding on to one of the straps, and she had this big backpack on. And after he had left, um, it, was, it wasn't more than a few seconds. She walked over to him and stood in front of him and opened her backpack and took out a sandwich and gave him the sandwich, right? Wasn't that nice. And then she walked away, and then he started to open the bag, and the woman sitting next to him, right next to him, another older, I think she was a Hispanic woman, she quickly stuck out her hand like, no, don't do that. And she reached in her bag, and she got out a wipe, and she wow. cleaned his hand. Oh wow! Before he ate the sandwich. Now, by this time, I had tear forming in my tears forming in my eyes. But but actually, by the second act of kindness, I had that going on. I was you just get this such this warm feeling, and you understand you this is complete strangers helping this other complete stranger in ways that that validate that love and kindness still exist, right? Everybody else on that mm-hmm. train that didn't do anything would have just looked at this guy and like, I'm on my way somewhere, and he's somebody, judged him and walked away, right? And it's just, it's so beautiful to, to see that kind of love for yourself and for another human being to, to, to do that. And right. uh, I, I wrote, in the, I wrote in, in the comment, if this doesn't put a tear in your eye, and, and, and warmth in your heart, then you really have to reassess what your uh, your thinking, your thought process about yourself and life. Really, you have to you have to do that. If that doesn't touch you in some way, then it's time to reexamine the life you're living and right. and and what your thinking is. And, and that's so true. We we you know it's we are we are. 
as I like to say, spirits, a ball of light in, in, in different suits of clothes, different races, mm-hmm. different sizes, different ethnicities, different religions, different everything, right? But that's where we are. And, and I love seeing, seeing when I go into places, I see a bunch of souls with different personalities. And some of those personalities I resonate with, some of those personalities I don't resonate with. I don't spend any time, believe it or not, with anyone who doesn't resonate kindness, love, and joy. I don't. If I don't see a smile on their face, right? If it's for, if I get a vibe from someone that they um, don't want to, I know what kind of vibe it's, they don't want to be there, or they don't want to interact. Not because they're angry or what, or because they're sad or depressed or whatever, but because of some conscious decision that they've made, uh, and that's the vibe they're putting out. I don't need to waste my time there. I, there's enough people I can sense are who who need just a, a little bit of acknowledgement in their life that they uh, a, an act of kindness, even if it's just, hey, how are you? I hope you have an amazing day. Make it an awesome day for mm-hmm. yourself. You know, or that, you know, you've got, I really love that thing you're wearing. That color is phenomenal on you because it is. I don't just say it, but there's certain colors I like, things that resonate with me, and I'm sure there's things that resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And the, the loving gestures that we, that we can, um, that we can ex- express in some way throughout the day are, they're gold. They're golden. They make me, I do it for me. No, it, it, it impacts Absolutely. them in a positive way, but I do it for me. It's like I feel awesome by just smiling at someone and, and saying, being polite. You know, I, I took my laundry in yesterday uh, for the second time. I picked up a load and took another load in to, uh, of laundry for dry cleaning. And, and the two women behind the counter, it's like, why wouldn't I treat them like queens? Why wouldn't I say, yes, ma'am, that's exactly right. That's that's. That's what I'm looking to do. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm patient. You've got somebody else you're dealing with. Just take your time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be a positive presence, a, a joyful presence in the face of someone who may have other people coming in that are just, you know, dumping on them, dumping their negative Absolutely. energy on them. I want them to feel good about what they do. They feel good about what they do, and I want to resonate, validate that their feelings about themselves and what they do are valid. I want to resonate right. it back to them. And um, right. that's a that's a different way of looking at at engaging with people. I very think, Michael, way. you you're recognizing that you know love truly is that universal power that binds us together and brings meaning to life, which is why you tear up when you see those random acts of kindness. That's why I teared up when I watched the video of my friend's brother and all the lives yeah. that he touched and. Um, you know, they played uh, the last uh, song of the service was Take Me Out to the Ball Game because he played, <laughs> um, he loved baseball. And and it just, I, I mean, I don't, I lost it. I did. I, I have no, to say that. That, that I, song, I lost in it. those circumstances, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, because yeah. he... Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and and although, uh, you know, y- you don't have to know so- somebody personally, and I think that that's what somewhere along the way we've gotten this belief that the world is harsh and that we have to be um, separated from love and, you know, resonate more with fear. But I think that whenever you let go of fear, doubt, anger, hatred, whatever it is, resentment, and replace it with love, it's all an opportunity to find love. And so whether, you know, yeah. you have to forgive yourself or, or others, we, you know, can invoke that love, and that's how we transform the world. And I, I thought about what you were saying. I thought, you know, when you get up in the morning, you have made it a priority to make self-love on your calendar. That's on your, what you, you put there. You have made that slot, you know, you don't necessarily have to write it down, but you listen to what you you need and you're you're paying attention to what your heart needs, you're following that. And then that allows you, I think, um, that strength and whatever it is that comes forth throughout your day, you you don't there's no difficulty that is too too difficult to overcome. 
because you have grounded yourself in that place of love and it's the love that you have grounded for yourself internally which is really beautiful yeah. and I, I think that yeah. you know I would encourage everybody um, to decide to make love a priority in your day uh, what is it that you want to start your day with um, so for some people it's a cup of coffee you know going out and having a really delicious cup of coffee for me it's a green drink I like <laughs> I just start my days with my green drink if I if I don't mm-hmm. uh, do that and you know now that it's summertime you know I'm increasing my water intake I mean that for me it's it's self-love because I operate better sure. I can yeah you know, have more energy I agree. whatever it is 110 percent you know tomorrow I'm leaving to go I got I got to leave early about 6 45 in the morning and I'll have to get up at 5 uh, 5.45, 5.30 actually, I'll get up to do my meditation before I leave. And it's not, I, I, if I have to leave early, early in the morning to go somewhere, I'll get up with an, in enough time, early enough to do my meditation first. It just sets things off. And by the way, I do keep a calendar of and write down every day that I do it. I take that calendar everywhere with me. And I can look at the calendar and I can see uh, with, with a sense of, deep satisfaction that I have that I've I'm keeping my commitment to myself that mm-hmm. I um, I don't have to guess whether I did on Monday or did on last Wednesday or did a week ago I keep the calendar and I do a couple of other things exercises as well um, and I keep a track keep track of them and on a on a calendar that I that I took to New Orleans with me I took it to Biloxi with me and I told my girlfriend I said yeah I've got to get up I got to do this thing I've got to do a meditation before we go. I'll just get up a little earlier, and I'll do it. And it's it sets the tone for the day. Uh, it gives me more emotional balance during the day. And I would I would ask our our audience to make a list of the of of five things you really love about your life uh, and about your day more specifically. Let's just you know bring it down to on a daily basis five things you love if you love getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or you love going out and getting the paper and sitting down with your cup of coffee or tea and reading the paper the act of what you do is something that you really love it it gives you a deep sense of satisfaction and balance Uh, then do more of that expand that list too of other things I love everything I love brushing my teeth I love I love washing my face. I love shaving. Some people say, oh, I hate shaving. No, you shouldn't hate anything. Right. Got, you can find a way to love anything because you know, I focus on how I feel after I've done it and how, you know, how wonderful I, I believe I look to myself in the mirror. You know, I mean, it's like that's mm-hmm. it. When I, when, I, when, I, when I go out to clean the horse stall, I look forward to it. I want to. Yesterday, I went out and did it. My girlfriend didn't even know I did it. She says, "Are we going? When are we going to go clean the stall?" I said, "I already did it. <laughs> you know, I did it three hours That's ago." Great. You know, I had to go out and run some errands, and I wanted to go get that done first. And she talks about. She always talks about how three years ago, the last thing I wanted to do is go to the barn. I said, I would say, three years ago, I said, "It's not my thing. It's your thing. You go do your thing." You know, because she had her horse. Mm. And she had two other, she had three horses, right? And so right. after the, after one of the horses got, her horse got sick and we had to pay attention to it, I made it a point to shift my thinking, to pivot my thinking um, about how the way I was perceiving going out to the barn. And I, I said, okay, this is not a thing that I don't like to do. This is the thing I like to do. And then it became a thing I love to do. And that was just a shift in thinking. I don't mind. I love sitting there by myself. We have a stereo system out there, and a lot of times I just leave it off. And just the quiet of it, I just clean the stall, pick the stall, take care of it, give the horse a carrot, you know, um, make sure that everything is right for her, and then, I, and then I'm out of there. And I don't see it as a chore. And I look forward to doing it at some particular point during the day. Hopefully earlier is better because... You know, we don't have to feed it. Somebody else does that. But it's just, it's a loving being. 33 years old, um, <laughs> this horse, uh, and, and retired and just enjoying life. And I 
you know, pet it, feed it carrots and candy, and you know, it's it's earned an opportunity to just to to be loved on. And, so I have a, uh, a question for you, Michael, and maybe you can share with our audience, and it pertains to that. So, at what point you had that viewpoint that that was your thing? So you had this shift where you, you all of a sudden saw it through the eyes of love, and it, it and do you feel like it, it was just um, uh, like a, a natural progression or where – I'm just curious if you – because there's lots of things that you can pivot on in your life, and I mm-hmm. think it's a really good mm-hmm. metaphor for that. So I would love to, to hear that. I think exactly. When, uh, first and foremost, um, my girlfriend went from riding her horse to having to take her horse to uh, four and a half hours away to uh, a vet veterinary hospital at, at a university down in Ocala uh, because it had an intestinal uh, blockage, um, sort of a colicking, but a, a small intestinal blockage. And these intestinal blockages can kill the horse. Uh, so she had to take it down there and spend thousands of dollars at this, <laughs> at this hot veterinary hospital uh, per day. To, to, it was there for like four days. And uh, we, we, I, I said, okay, I've got to help you. I, suddenly, you know, my work wasn't important. Um, I said, I'll help you. It's not something you're going to do on your own. Uh, we will get out. Uh, we'll take turns. I'll, I'll, you can drive the horse down in the trailer. I'll drive the trailer, uh, horse and trailer back so you don't have to. Um, one of the first night we had to spend the night in a hotel, so I called a friend. I said, I need you to hook up a hotel for us because we don't have time to look for one, and she did that for us and you know, texted us back and said, here's where I've got a booking for you. Here's, here's where you need to go. And uh, uh, we, we parked the trailer at the, at the hospital, left it there. And I was the one who always put the trailer on and off the, the truck. It was a, a gooseneck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, did, I did all of that, you know, backing it up, cooking up the gooseneck and all of that. And I came to like that. Yeah, that's a really interesting ball, uh, ball of wax. But um, I, I think it, it, I, I can tell you exactly it was it was the love I have for my girlfriend I and and what she was going through I wanted to make it uh, as I, I didn't want to make it as hard harder on her than it really needed to be she was already focused on the horse and not being able to ride it and loving it and you know and and seeing that eventually at some particular point she might lose it that that reality. And I wanted her to focus on that, not the chores. So um, after she came back, we had to leave the horse in the stall for two weeks, in the stall for two weeks, couldn't go out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if you don't know how much um, a horse can (laughs) mess up a stall Mm -hmm. in that period, in just a day, um, it it is pretty amazing. So for two weeks, I went out there with her, and we, we cleaned the stall together, we clean the other stalls together, and I just said, you know what, you know, I don't, I don't ride the horses. However, they are beautiful animals and beautiful spirits, and I could see how her horse loved her, and I came to love the horse just as much as she did, and love on it. And you can shift your thinking to love on anything, right? And I think that's no, a beautiful, that's... that's a beautiful point about it. Yeah, that's yeah, what absolutely. I do. And now, yeah, same thing. You're you know? absolutely right. We absolutely yeah, are all sure. capable of loving in any in every experience. I think it's in every experience you can find something to yeah. love. I don't think there. It's sort of an illusion, and that's what I really loved about that quote. That you know, the universe is made up of love because I don't think there's ever a time when love isn't available to us in some form. It's always there. We just need to yeah, see it. Yeah, always there. Yeah. And propagate it. Continue to, we can, we, we have it. It's an energy that we can expand, I guess is mm-hmm. the way that I would put it. It's an energy that's already there. It already exists within us, and we can expand it. Um, and, and, you know, you just start with what you already love, and which really should be yourself, okay? Do things for yourself. Love on yourself first. Make that make yourself the number one priority, and then love on others. Because your energy, then the love you have for yourself, is going to expand beyond you. Others will pick up on it, and 
because I think it's hollow. If you, if you don't love yourself and that's not what you're radiating, yet you're looking to love someone else, it just becomes more of a smothering kind of thing. You know, you, know, you mm-hmm. should do this, you should do that, more of a control thing. Um, if you, uh, especially with, in my view, children, I don't have children. Uh, However, I, I see, I can understand, I understand the concept and the power of love and how when you love yourself, you become an example for that child. You, You not only love yourself, you radiate the love from you. They pick up on it. They understand uh, later in life, they'll know this is what my mother or my father did, you know, and this is and I always got the sense that they cared about themselves. And then from that, they cared about me just as well, just as much. It's we have to set the example and be the influencer from that perspective, because we're never going to control another being. It's not going to happen. Right. And um, we if you know that, just if you don't understand that, get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not going to control the cat. I mean, it's like you can love on them. And, and every morning, I, I tell you, every morning, this cat, after she jumps off the bed, and as soon as I get out of the bed and I walk a, a, you know, out of the room and get into the hall where, her, where I check her food, before I do that, she, stretched, she falls down and stretches out. It's like I need, I need a back and a tummy rub, you know. And then that will happen a couple of times, and she's satisfied. And mm-hmm. I, I know that that's, what, that's how she experiences, that's how she knows that she's loved when I, get, when I do that for her. And uh, I had yeah. to figure that out. Because like, you can't, yeah. they're not going to tell you. They're like, you know, well, doing their own thing. You know, I want it now, but I don't want it. It's 5 o'clock. I don't want it. Just don't give me love anytime. That's not holy idea. Only when I want it. That's, dogs me, are thought, different than that. You know, dogs, dogs, know. man, they are like, oh, yeah, I want love all the time. You can, give me love, and I want it all the time. Right? I know. There's I'll an expression about hurting cats, right? You know, you can't hurt cats. <laughs> right. Can't hurt a cat. <laughs> you cannot. I have seen people from a kitten, I've seen people put a harness on a kitten and walk it. And then yeah. later, and, and, and as it grew up, it understood that that was part of life, and, they, and you can walk a cat. But you can't take a two-year-old, you know, rescue yeah. and somehow get it to do what you want it to do. It's got its own rhythm. It's got its own cadence. It's doing whatever it, it's resonating, what it's resonating, whatever it's resonating. It, and you can't do anything about that. Yeah, and, but that's uh, a but great just, metaphor, just though. Them. I mean, that's even with, even with our interactions with other humans because, you know, mm-hmm. instead of we, a lot of people have focused on what, you know, the differences and instead of, you know, seeing it as a separation, really embrace right. that and then look at what's similar. And I think when you look into the eyes of another person, you know, you see in some ways, you know, we always, I always have a sort of like that truism that when you meet somebody, there is a reflection of you. So if there's something that you may not, exactly like about that person well you know i that's why i like haponopono what is it that i need to heal in myself that's bothering mm-hmm. me about that individual and i, I do so I believe that you know that's how we we really get to love from the depths of our being that exactly um, it's a great way here. you know we haven't talked we haven't thrown a word forgiveness forgiveness into the pod um perhaps we can do this next week but when it comes to love, um, the, the, if you if you don't have if you don't carry that level of self love that you uh, that you really like to, or if you want to love yourself more, uh, ho'oponopono, forgiving yourself for uh, for for everything, just a blanket of forgiveness, uh, is where you start. You know, I, I think in in, mm-hmm. in some show in the past we we talked about that, but if you don't if you don't love yourself Forgiveness is where to start. Forgive yourself for, you know, everything. You're responsible for your life and what you're experiencing in your life because you have attracted it to you. And forgive yourself for attracting it. And then shift the thinking to being more loving. But you have to basically just flush out all that negativity, all those other things, the past that you have been focusing on, caring for so long. Forgive yourself for it and just move on. You know, it's mm-hmm. there. I think we're almost up here. I think we got like what one minute left. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, in our just, in our yeah. hour, it's been so much fun. Thank you. 
I know, that's for sure. And, and, and it goes back to that Rumi quote, Michael, you know, the universe is not outside you. And I would say that love is not outside you. You know, look into yourself, everything that you want, that's right. you already are. And you are love. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love yeah, that. I'll let you sign off. And, I, and I'm so grateful. Oh, no, what do you mean? You just did. That was beautiful. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't top that. I want well, to wish our audience uh, well. an yeah. awesome week. Make yeah, it make it awesome. Love. Make every day awesome. Okay. And happy birthday, Michael. Yeah. And, oh, thank yeah, you. Until <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Sending you love. Thank you. Thank you. Love to you.